Welcome back to the Max Effort Kitchen Podcast. We got a great segment for you. It's called The Athlete and the Chef. So sit back, relax, and let's go. Welcome to Max Effort Kitchen. I'm your host, Chef Matt, joined by my good friend and co-host, Mr. Cornell George. How are you today, buddy? I am very good. You? Very good. Very tired. Long weekend. That means it was hopefully a good weekend, though? Yeah. Yeah. All all good stuff. Um, you know, it's funny because I got friends like uh, about an hour south in Eugene. They're, they're all, you know, all summer or, you know, for the past couple months, they've been like, hey, you need to get down here. You need, we need to hang out, blah, blah, blah. You know, bring the family. I just put up the pool, all this stuff, you know? And I'm like, it's been the most crazy month I've ever had in my life. Uh, between <laughs> coaching flag football, um, Maddie's choir, drama, Special Olympics. Um, and then you got the normal stuff, which is weightlifting, which, uh, which is, uh, you know, work, then family, and then like getting date nights in there. And I, I start talking about it and I'm like, okay, let me back up. I am not complaining one bit. It's <laughs> like, I'm super, super fortunate to be able to do all this stuff, but it's a lot. It's a ton, especially for an introvert. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I, I forgot about a job that's supposed to start tomorrow. Yeah. And I was reminded of it Friday, so then I made some <laughs> quick phone calls. Yep. And I, but I also have a real big job that'll be taking me th- probably through the end of the year, starting Monday, tomorrow. Nice, that's a big and, job. But the one that I forgot about is a job that the guy really needs. Like he's an he's an older older guy. We're turning his bathroom into like a wheelchair accessible. He's, oh, okay. Like he's, he's getting towards that. No, he's not there yet, but he's, yeah. he's seeing that in the future. Okay. And he really just needs his hand held through the process and he wants it done a very specific way. So I'm like, I didn't say it this way, but I'm basically, I'm like, Hey bro, I'm not going to be there in the morning, but my helper is going to be there. There you go. Delegation. <laughs> but, I was, <laughs> but I told him I'd be there probably by nine. So not a big deal. Just had to stop at another place first and nice. it's all good. Nice. Well, you know, and it's like, it, it's, it's such a, a catch 22 because it's like, you're busy and you're going and it's nonstop, but yet again, it's good business. It's making money. It's keeping you doing uh thing, good things in life. And it's like, those are the things that we all want. So like, it's, I think it's just funny how human nature goes and you start like getting like swamped with all this stuff that you put there and then. You're like, oh man, I'm so busy. This sucks so bad. But like, in perspective, holy crap! I am. I I feel. I feel personally lucky as hell to be able to do all this stuff. Oh, I totally agree with that one. I also. So we got the competition about a month, mm-hmm. and I would actually rather be this busy leading into that. Yeah, because what I found is if I'm slow in work, like I'm a general contractor. If people don't know. Uh, if I'm slow at work, it doesn't mean that I'm like, there's only so much I can actually lift. Yeah. Like I'm 41 years old. I'm the weights that I lift. I don't recover from very quickly. I can't just be like, Oh, I'm going to go to the gym extra times. I'm going to do extra lifting. I, I can't do that. 
Yeah. So then if I'm not super busy with work, I end up just kind of laying around or like I try to stay busy, but if there's really nothing for me to do, I'm not moving. Yeah. And if I'm not moving, I'm not recovering. Hey. And if I'm not recovering, lifting gets worse. Yep. So yep. Uh, I do like this busier time schedule where yeah. it is like I, I, I wake up without an alarm between 5 and 5.15 every day. Mm-hmm. And I get in the hot tub, cold tub, do that a couple times, and then make some coffee. Got a pretty fancy, in my opinion, coffee maker that I work <laughs> It, it, like I don't just put beans in and push playing, walk away and come back and there's coffee. Yep. Um, and then I'm generally out of the house by six fifteen, six thirty, and then work, 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 work. Back at or out at the gym by four thirty or five. Home by seven. Yeah. Uh, family time and in bed by nine. See, and then start over. And and then so now now think of this because here's a perspective that I kind of threw out when Alana and I were talking about this past month and and. Uh, because come about July 15th ish that time um, we're going to have football's going to fall off um, tracks going to fall off and we're not going to have as much stuff to do uh, my, you know, all my little vacation down there is going to be done. Uh, we're trying to get away for the 4th of July. So it's like, she looks at me, she goes, we're going to be bored. I go, Oh, I got stuff for us to do. <laughs> I got some trips we can do or something, you know, but, but it, it's like, I get, um, and I don't know if you're like this, uh, but when I have too much idle time, I get grumpy. I'm like, I start mm-hmm. getting frustrated. Like, what can I do? What, am, what? I don't know what to do right now. And then I start creating things and that could go either direction, but, um, yeah, man, it's, it's a good thing to be busy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I agree. It's healthy. So like busy people aren't lazy. That. I like that. <clears throat> and I think it goes along really well with what we do in, in the gym and uh, the sport that we are involved in, really with any sport. Now, I'm going to read you something, and I want, I want to kind of um, want to get your take on it. And it's, it's going to be very vague, and it's going to be open-ended. So um, athletic ability is what you make it. What does that say to you? I mean, space. Pretty specific, but so just that, just so everybody knows, we don't talk about any of this stuff before. So <laughs> yeah, I this was, is this is my first time hearing it. I was going to actually say so, this to you before, but I'm glad I didn't. Now, so yes. All right, say it one more time. Athletic ability is what you make it, and you being the athlete. No, I think that I'm going back to podcasts I've listened to and other people I've talked to and. Um, I've I've met Dave Spitz a handful of times, and uh, some of the stuff that I remember him saying, it wasn't – there were things that were said, like I took my level two up there, and so some of the stuff gets mishmashed and stuff, but I'm pretty sure it came from a podcast. But okay. um, he he said to, I think, Donnie Shankle, obviously because Donnie wasn't at my level two. Correct. Um he said something along the lines of you are so much better than you think you are and you are stronger than you know. And all you have to do is believe it and let go. And then you'll be unstoppable. Hmm. And I think that there's so many people that are just like, they come in and they're like, Oh, I can't do that. I could never do that. Right. Oh, that that's impossible. I can't, I can't snatch two reds. I can't clean (laughs) 300 pounds. Like, and then, 
with enough consistency, it's it's always possible. But if you tell if you tell yourself from the beginning, or if you're telling others that you can't do that, it's like well, obviously you can't. Like if someone came <laughs> to me yep. and told me that I couldn't snatch three hundred pounds, I'm too old for that. Uh, like ten years ago when I first started, you're too old. You're not in the the right phase of your life to be able to do this. Um, if I would have believed them, then who knows if I'd even been doing this, but I was like, well, what if I can, right. That was always my, that was always my reaction was, well, what if I can not like, I don't think I can. It's, it's what if I can, Yeah. let's find out what happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I really, I really like that. Um, and you know, just a little side note based on what you just said, very specific to weightlifting is you hear people say that like, oh, you know, um, he's, he's 25, he's done, he's out of his prime, blah, blah, blah. Like 25 shit. I was still figuring out like how to (laughs) run at 25. Like, I mean, I just, I, I think that, um, uh, we don't, we, we put too much stock in age, but that was a little side note from what you just said. Now, um, the reason why I, I brought that up is because as you know, and probably anybody who follows me on Instagram knows I was at the, uh, the regional special Olympics, um, track meet today. And it was a very, oh, first of all, it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Um, but it was a very eye opening experience to see, um, athletes from Washington, uh, Oregon, Idaho. Yeah, I think that's it. Washington, Oregon, Idaho. Oh, and some from Montana. Um, come out and do this track meet. And every one of these, you know, athletes have they um, they suffer from a some sort of disability, and th- and it's a wide range of disabilities. But like, it, it is there's a disability there. There's a criteria to be able to be in these uh, Special Olympics. But the one thing that I noticed is that, and I've been, I've been a part of national weightlifting events. I've been a part of, um, you know, major races of college football and all that. There is no difference from what these kids were doing today to what I've seen in college football or, or a national weightlifting meet or, um, you know, a state track meet at that, like, or, or even when I went to Austin stadium, like watching those, like the Olympic trials, like, the amount of effort that these kids were putting in and the athletic ability that they had was mind blowing. And it was really, really cool to see the community all working together. And like, I walked away from it being like, Oh man, I can't wait to see what this kid does next year. Or I can't wait to see what he does at nationals. Cause it, it was a qualifying meet for nationals. And then nationals takes them to the world's, which actually the world Olympics, uh, special Olympics is going on right now in Berlin. And it's really neat. If you ever, it's on TV, wow. like Saturday mornings, which I pointed at it last Saturday morning. I go, Maddie, I want you here. <laughs> and she's just like, no, <laughs> but no, no. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I, I, I'm going to go back to my point, which is the athletic ability is what you make it. it these kids had full athletic ability just as much as anybody out there, um, you know, doing a, a national meet or whatever, college football game, college baseball game, any of that stuff. Um, and, and it's just, it was really eye opening because I think people tend to think, oh, you know, Special Olympics, so let's root them on and blah, blah, blah. But dude, these kids were running the 100 meter dash in 
times that I'm like, I didn't even, I couldn't even do that when I was, I can't do that now. I couldn't do that in high school. I could never do that. Like, and it was really powerful. And it was something that I just want everybody to kind of soak in that your athletic ability is what you make it. It's not what IG makes it. It's not what your teammates say or your coach says or, or whatever. It's what you make it. And it goes along with everything we talk about on this podcast as it is. And I'm ranting a little, but I don't care because at the <laughs> same point, like our ability is what we make it. And if we don't make it, it's not there. I don't care how many years you've been lifting weights. I don't care how many years you've been shooting a basketball. If you don't make it, it's not there. Rant over. Yeah, no, <laughs> I love that. Uh, I remember Seb and Josh on Weightlifting House talking about some of this kind of, some of like this kind of a, uh, these types of things in weightlifting where they said that weightlifters today are not lifting anywhere near the weights that were lifted in the late eighties, early nineties. Right. And, but, and that's why they're resetting, they reset the, the weight classes in 2018. And uh, just so that some of these numbers that sure they were on drugs, sure they're on drugs now. Yeah. They're on. They're not on the drugs now that they were on then. Exactly. They have to. They they toned them down, but they're still on drugs. They're on better drugs, but, evolved drugs. <laughs> anyway, yeah, but they they can't take as much. Right. Right. Uh, half the weightlifters from the '80s are dead now. Yeah. And I don't think that the people who are lifting right now will be necessarily dead in 20 years. I oh, mean, some point. of them. That's I've good, seen yeah. some of them. I've heard some of their driving and. Uh, <laughs> But so the numbers that are being hit now are not necessarily as comparable to the ones that were done 30 years ago. Right. But what they were saying is people don't need to know necessarily what that they're not hit. They're hitting 20, 30 kilos less in the total than they were that long ago. And what people want to see is the competition. If, if the competition was between six guys battling it out for a 200 total, um, people want to see the competition. That's much more what they're the, what they're rooting for and what they're excited about and seeing their lifter that from their country or their gym or whatever, the battles are what it, what they really want to see. It's not necessarily like, yeah, we all love watching Lasha and hit these numbers that have never been done before right. as far as anyone knows, but it's the battling that is the best part. And I've seen that I've been a part of a couple of gyms and seeing people start to migrate towards each other and become training partners and then start having little like platform battles against each other. And, Oh, you hit that. Watch this. I'm going to hit this. And then you're like, Oh, like you show up late to training. And it's like, what'd you hit? Oh, I hit this. Oh my gosh. Are you serious? I feel like (laughs) crap today, but now I gotta. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that there's so much about that where, your mindset is it's it it's the battle it's the and these kids in the special olympics and the the stuff that where you were at this is to them the biggest thing potentially that they've ever done this is their current olympics yeah um and they trained what uh 12 weeks leading up to it and it's like they were doing nothing different than what we do every day right they're doing nothing different i would say even they might be better athletes a little bit because they have severe challenges that we don't deal with on a daily basis Mm -hmm. that they have zero control over. I mean, uh, there was an uh, inaudible 
uh, disability, uh, a kid that was there that I've, I've never seen a four, like a 400 meter, which is just one lap. This dude had a beautiful stride. Um, he, I mean, he wasn't, you know, when I say inaudible, like he just, he can't speak words and he has, uh, like kind of some of these muscle flexations at right before he started. And then he got that baton and he just went and I'm like, looked at, I looked at Jack and I was like, do you see that? And he's like, yeah, I'm like, it was just something of beauty. And, um, it also leads me to believe that like, uh, athletics and sports, um, are so valuable in life, you know? Like we, we should have them and it's, I, I get, and now mind you, my daughter is, is primarily in the, the theater arts. So I'm not like saying that you should, everybody should do sports, but they are, there is a, I think there's a big value in it. And I think there's a big value in, in finding something you love. I guess that's really yeah, what I'm trying to say. We're definitely going towards sports, but if like, I haven't met your daughter before we've talked through the screens before. Yep. Yep. Um, don't worry, you were there. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good. Um, one. I like that. <laughs> but, but it. So what we're doing is is sports, but it's the same type of a thing where she has a team, she has people, right. she has something that she is learning and trying to perfect and trying to get better at. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So even though it, she might not necessarily be a big sports person, she's doing the same thing. Yeah, she is. And that's, and all, all of them were. And I think that that's, it was a, it was just such a fun event and to see the turnout of like people who came out and, and, uh, yeah, it, they have a big, um, kind of end of the year thing, which we did last year, uh, at, at the world Nike campus where they have all like old school, big name athletic or, uh, Olympic athletes that will come and do speaking and all that stuff. And that's a, that's a really cool event, but um, I'm, I'm just really, really impressed and, and kind of, uh, uh, maybe overwhelmed with the idea that like, it, it doesn't matter what you got going on in life. Like you can still be an athlete. You can still do something you love and nothing should hold you back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little preachy today. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and that kind of leads me into my next thing. So, and I, I, I'm sorry, everybody out there, I'm totally using my kids sports as content and it is well worth it in my opinion, but we played flag football on uh, Friday <clears throat> and we got there and the team only had three people that we were playing against. And so I went over to the coach. I was like, Hey coach, why don't we just do three on three? And she was like, that's what we were playing in. And these kids played with a lot of heart. And so it just leads into the same thing. It's like, just get out there and do it. Stop making excuses. Stop worrying about being sick. Stop caring about what other people say about you. Get on that damn platform. Okay, I'm going to stop with my preaching. Uh, what you got, Cornell? <laughs> well, it sounds like you had a pretty busy weekend, so you probably didn't make any good food. You know, I, I didn't. And here's the thing. As I prepared for it, um, I was at the grocery I, I store. You, were, you had some ribs. Yeah. I never saw any pictures of the ribs. I so didn't I'm make them. The ribs did not happen. The ribs did not happen. They will happen tomorrow, dude. A dollar seventy seven a pound. Like, how <laughs> could I pass that out? I think I've paid like eleven bucks for and like thirteen dollars for uh, or each rack of ribs. I was like, this is crazy. So, yeah, I got, I got those coming. A couple years ago, I was up at the mountains, and there's a 
think it was at a Stater Brothers. I don't think you guys have those. No. But it was a, a grocery store we have down here as well. And they always have good meat down here. Most of the stores have good meat. Right. And I walked up and they had cowboy steaks. So not quite the, or wait, not not quite the tomahawk, but the ribeye cowboy oh, steak yeah. with the. Like the two inch thick. Yep. Yeah. They were the two inch yeah. thick. Yeah. And they were on sale for three ninety nine a pound. What? <laughs> That's crazy. The, the weekend before, I paid twelve ninety nine for yeah, some of those steaks. Easily. So I, 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 I just looked at him and I go, "How many do you have?" <laughs> and he goes, "We have like these six, and we have like six more in the back." And I go, "I'll take them all." Nice. Nice. See that, <laughs> and that's the move right there because, like, you know, when you see something like that. Hey, you can freeze meat, people. Like, <laughs> yeah, you'll see. I'll, sometimes I'll come home with like, you know, three or four of each meat product that I got, and Alana's looking at me like, "What the hell are you doing?" I'm like, "We're putting in the freezer is what we're doing." <laughs> like, yeah, I think I ate those things for like a couple months. Nice. Like, dude. I what I did is I I took I wrapped them all up, took them home like two days later because we were up in the cabin, mm-hmm. and then I, I have a sous yeah, and I, I put each one in its own Ziploc bag and I actually pre-seasoned each one before it went in there. And then all I had to do is take it out of the freezer, pop it in this, in the, the bowl of water. And if you guys don't know how a sous works, it's, I've heard it's how a lot of restaurants like steakhouses get all of their steaks kind of at the, the right temperature. And then they can just pop it out and they don't have to spend 45 minutes cooking it. Correct. Um, and you just set it for the temperature you want and you can walk away. And if it takes it, a medium rare steak around 128 degrees is set for two hours, I believe. So the timer doesn't start until the water hits that temperature. And then it's two hours and it's ba- the whole thing is that same temperature throughout. And then you just fire up the barbecue real hot and you sear it and you're pretty much done. Yep. Yeah, it's so, it's the best way to get a quick sear. I, I, I dude, that's a, you just dropped a huge like pro move, which I, I like to do a lot, which is um, vacuum seal the marinade in with my steak, then freeze it. Mm-hmm. Like, why wouldn't you do that? Like, you know, yeah. you're just in, infusing more flavor. Yeah, and I did. I probably did one of those probably one a week for. I had twelve. Nice. So nice. It was over. It was over twelve weeks because yeah. if I missed a week, but it was <laughs> it was just one of those times where like if you if you see that deal and you have the room for it, you you make it happen. Yeah, I totally agree with that. You know, it, and these days, like everything is so inflated. When you, it's even more important that when you see something low, grab it. Especially, man, those cowboy ribeyes are so good. You just don't find mm-hmm. them. I don't feel, find them that much down here unless I'm going like to a straight to a butcher shop or something. But um, nice, nice. And yeah. I actually prefer that over the tomahawk because so it's easier to store. Yeah. And it's easier to store. It's easier to cook. It's easier to sure. It doesn't have the big bone presentation. My dog likes the tomahawk more than the, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the he cowboy, does. But, but still. I mean, so. if uh, uh, yeah, like the tomahawk is cool if you're like trying to impress some people you're entertaining, but most people are going to not, not even care. I, in my opinion, like, you know, a lot of people try to get too fancy with food, but at the end of the day, if your food is seasoned well 
and it's cooked well, it doesn't matter. You know, there's there's like that that age old thing where people say, you know, eat you with your eyes, eat with your eyes first, and you totally do. Don't get me wrong. You know, mm-hmm. you see something on a plate, and you're like, you're gonna judge it right away. Um, but at the end of the dish, if that thing was flavored and seasoned and balanced, it don't matter what it looked like. Like it could look like crap. And you're just like, that was one of the best things I've ever eaten. Um, now if we're talking about a full experience at a restaurant, you know, you probably want some presentation, but I, I don't know. I I think the tomahawk is a little overplayed at home and I just, yeah, that's my opinion though. It's also with the tomahawk. The first thing you do is you cut the meat off the bone and you set the bone to the side. (laughs) So it's like, well, what's the point of this bone? (laughs) Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's for show. (laughs) I mean, I do like cooking things on the bone for very specific reasons because when you cook it on the bone, it heats up the inside better because that bone actually gets hot. And so it cooks the inside. So that's, that's kind of cool. But at the same point, like who cares? Tomahawk don't need it. Yeah. That's my opinion. So did you uh, crack open nice. the uh, the pizza oven again, or did I you? did? Nice. I made two pizzas yesterday. We made a. My daughter wanted some pesto, cool. so unfortunately, the only place I could well, I, I get my pizza dough from uh, Trader Joe's, nice, and I could not find just a regular pesto there. Okay, and I ended up. I'm not a big olive fan. But I accidentally grabbed the olive pesto, and it was not <laughs> terrible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it had this little extra kick to it. Yep. We did the olive pesto, we did the mozzarella cheese, and then we put bacon on top. Nice. Nice. And uh, we all ate it, and we nobody complained about it. <laughs> I like and that. And then we made, yeah, one other one that had the mozzarella, the fresh mozzarella balls, bacon, and then a basil uh tomato pasta sauce from Solid. everything just from Trader Joe's. So I was like, I'm just going to grab all this stuff and put it together. See, then that's, that's some, some of the beautiful part about pizza right there, because, you know, you can sit there and you, you can go to the grocery store, grab three, three things. Okay. Four, including the dough. Um, and bam, you got, you got a good, really good dinner. <laughs> like, yeah. You got a meal. And now that you have that pizza oven, are you starting to get the the hang of it and, and getting all the spins yeah. and all that? Nice. Yeah. I, for uh, I think it was third time and much better than the first. Yep. Yeah. It'll only get better. That's pretty cool, dude. You know, uh, if, if you're ever in the pesto pickle again, um, I want you to keep in mind that like, um, you can use any green. So if you have like, uh, maybe arugula or like any wild greens at home, like, you know, a lot of people have like that baby mix or even spinach. You mix that with, with cheese, a nut and garlic. And then throw a little bit of lemon juice and a little bit of chili flakes, some salt, and just throw it in the blender, blend it up. You got pesto. Okay. So um, I'm one of my favorite things to do is arugula pesto, personally. I, I really like how the – because arugula is like a peppery green. And so it brings out a, a, a little bit of a different flavor. I've had that olive pesto, though, and I know what you're talking about. It does have a little kick at the end. Yeah. No, like it was – I would I – would, I, I didn't eat it all, and I'll probably finish it off. Probably do the same type of a thing. Maybe make some pasta with it or something. Nice. There so. you go. There you go, dude. That's awesome. I'm glad you're like just like totally diving in on the pizza oven because I think, you know, everybody has a grill. And yeah. 
I think the pizza oven should be that next thing that everybody has, but that's just my oh, I agree. bias. My opinion. daughter was like, <laughs> I asked her, I'm like, well, I've got two pizza doughs left. She's like, we had pizza yesterday. I go, we're going to have pizza a lot. Yeah. <laughs> know, right? I'm like, you don't have to eat it all the time, but I'm going to. <laughs> and it's even better the next day too. So it's like, that's, that's pretty cool too. Um, awesome, dude. Like, uh, so talk about your weekend. I've, I've talked about kids sports and my weekend. Like, uh, what, what, did you do anything fun this weekend? I know you lifted. Right, yeah. Uh, I saw good, some fun videos. Good lifting on, <laughs> good lifting on Friday. Good lifting on Saturday. I uh, had to hit. It's like I think eighty, eighty-five percent in the snatch for four singles. Nice. Uh, had that same thing last weekend or last Friday, and I missed the third one. But I was just like, I don't need it. Right. And I'm in that mindset of like, hey, I made three out of four. I'd rather make four out of four, but I'm not going to make extra attempts because that's not needed. Right. I know it's there when I need it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was just saying then this week it was the same thing and I made four out of four. So I'm like, okay, I'm proofed. <laughs> and that's all I was telling myself on that fourth rep is like, you got to make this one. Otherwise you didn't get any better. <laughs> Isn't that, that ego just a funny thing? <laughs> yeah. I have the same thing. But uh, I didn't. And, I didn't really lift this weekend. Um, I had that little leg thing uh, with my debacle on the uh, clean flip down that continues. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I, I very much could have lifted yesterday, uh, but I just I was like, you know what? Um, my body's a little banged up. I think it could use an extra day off, and I'm not gonna do it. And so I'm going to hit it hard tomorrow and I'm really, it's like, it's kind of got me really excited for it. And I'm just, yeah, I, I think there's a, there's a value in maybe taking a day off here every now and then when your body's pretty beat up. I know that there's a, a mantra out there that talks about don't listen to your body, but, um, I, I just, I don't align well with that. I think that you should listen to your body. <laughs> I feel like if you don't listen to your body long enough, it'll, it gets louder and louder yeah. and yeah. eventually you can't not listen to it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, uh, never mind. I'm not going to use the wife analogy. <laughs> never mind. I'll keep this. Oh yeah. I know my wife yeah, listens so, to this. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, so my family went to the beach Friday okay. and first time that they went to the beach in a while. Okay. And they don't have their San Diego sun skin yet. <laughs> and now two out of the three of them are very much lobsters and regretting Crisp. life right now. Yep. So, I mean, I could go, if I carried this inside my house right now, it yeah. would, they would freak out. Cause they're in like silk pajamas, laying on ice packs, uh, aloe vera. We got this lidocaine aloe vera with fans yes. going, just trying to keep them cool. Oh, that's awesome. And- <laughs> that is awesome. I, I, has nobody gotten to your ice bath yet? Oh, they're scared of that. Oh, really? <laughs> my son my son went in. He got, he barely got, he just got his arms a little bit because he wears like a rash guard. Okay. And so his arms were a little bit toasted and he's, he's more of a lighter skinned individual. So yeah. he's more aware of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my daughter's like, she can get pretty dark. She always tries to get as tan as I am. Yeah. I don't have to try very hard and she can almost <laughs> catch up. Nice. So, but that's what was going on with them. So pretty much the whole weekend I was, if I wasn't gone, I was kind of taking care of them and making food and stuff. And this morning I made, my mom's from Hungary. So 
what I grew up with, everyone else around here calls them crepes. We call them palachitas. Ah, um, yes. Exact same thing. Yep. But it's one of those things that it's probably the first thing I learned how to cook. And like it it's not hard to make. It's not hard to make the the I don't know if it would be a dough or what you would call it, but the the mixture. Right. <laughs> But it, it's learning how to do it on the pan. Yes. And that's the real skill. Yeah. But I was doing that when I was five, six years old. So nice. uh, I messed up the first one, flipped it. It flipped off the pan. The dog caught it, ran away. <laughs> and I was <laughs> like, well, awesome. I haven't done this. I haven't done this in two years. So last time I did it, my daughter had to do a a food thing at school and we had to make enough food for 250 people to try it. Holy. So I was making those for hours. I was like, I haven't done it since then. And I'm like, Hey, I messed one up. You always mess one up. Yeah. It's that first one. I, I do the same thing when I'm, when I walk into like, if I'm covering a shift because of a call out or something and I walk in, everybody knows that like my first pizza, I mean, and this is typical for anybody. Your first pizza is going to be the worst looking pizza. It's probably going to look like a football <laughs> Um, it's probably going to have a hole in it and you just got to get that out of your system. And then next thing you know, you know, the muscle memory kicks in just like that. Yeah. yeah. But your dog, and, Hey, your dog was happy. Yeah. Your dog won there. Oh yeah. Yeah. She, th- so this dog is the little terrier. She's the one who's always at my hip whenever I'm cooking, whenever I'm barbecuing, whenever I'm doing anything, she is right there the whole time. Dizzy, right? Uh, one of the other dogs. Yep. Yeah. One of the other dogs kind of sits back and watches, okay. and then the third dog waits till he hears something, and he hears people <laughs> eating. Then he runs out. He's like, hey, I want some. Nice. But So Dizzy always gets whatever's first because she's the one who's putting in the effort. She's putting in the time, and she's got that commitment. So she was at the right place at the right time. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know how she just grabbed it and ran because it was hot. <laughs> <laughs> She was in survival mode. Like we're, we're going, we're committed. We're going, um, you know, I brought up the ice bath uh, a little bit because, uh, there's something, you know, when I, just for anybody out there and Cornell knows about it and like, I, it's not a big deal, but like I, I was coming down off of flipping down a, a hang clean and going into a below the knee clean and the bar slipped out of my hand. And I think it was about hundred and you know, it was like 114 kilos but it like i thought it was 180 no <laughs> i would not have a femur right now if it was 180 <laughs> but it like bounced off of my uh my right leg and at the time i was like oh that was weird uh i should probably stop and then it swelled up and all that but that night the regimen that I did that I jumped into really quick was pretty cool. It was Tiger Bomb Rapid, okay? And then I was like, well, let me see what I can do under a 70-kilo squat. I did a 70-kilo squat, and I was like, felt it getting tighter and tighter and tighter. So I was like, all right, I'm done for the day. Went to the store, got three or four bags of ice because I do not have a freezer ice, ice bath yet. <laughs> um, but uh, threw those in my bathtub. I did four two-minute two increments. So two minutes in, took it off two minutes in, two, and then... After that, I put a little bit more Tiger Balm. Now, this is where it hurt. Put some Tiger Balm on it and then threw the, uh, my heating pad and wrapped it with my knee wraps and just let that sit all night. And I, I have actually some burn marks on my leg, but I'm telling you, my leg was fine the next day. So I'm like, I don't know what kind of control I had. I, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I'm the, I'm the best recoverer out there, but I'm not. <laughs> right? I'm just doing what like, we all do. But like the, I really think that 
the difference was the ice bath. I yeah. I, I think that the ice can make a huge difference. Uh, also, the heat can make a massive difference. Uh, one of our old teammates, Stephen Powell, yep. I think he was 1980 Olympics. I'm not – I remember if it was 80 or 84. It was one we – I think we went to. He showed me the patch at Worlds. Oh, that's he awesome. He doesn't really talk about it unless you're in person with him. That's awesome. Um, when we showed up to Worlds, I'm a, kind of a, a gypsy when it comes to – showing up to meets I've talked about where I don't know where I'm going to stay. I knew where I was going to stay after day one. Right. But on day one, I wasn't quite sure where I was going to stay. And I, I get in the, get my car rental. I go to the pizza place where we met. And then the first thing they always everyone says, Oh, so where are you staying tonight? And I just go, I'm not sure yet. (laughs) And then everyone's like, Oh, well I have a, you can stay on our couch. And I was like, I go, I have a, I have an SUV. I can stay in if I have to. Yeah. 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 And three people offered me and Steven was like, I always get two beds so you can have the other bed. I'm like, okay, perfect. Nice. <laughs> and that was one of the things that he told me that he does like almost every day is he has three heat pads and he, he wraps his legs with his knee wraps around his quads and he, he lays on his back on one. Yep. And he, he did say make sure that you have sweatpants on. You don't just go direct to skin because it will burn you. Yep. Found uh, that out. But, yeah, I I slept on one of those heat pads on my on my back. And the next day I woke up and I felt great. So it, it and that's in honestly that story, because you've told me that story uh, a couple injuries ago. You told me to you're like, do this because this is what Stephen Powell does. And ever since that happened, that is a regimen of mine, like. Because I'll go in, I get done with my day about 8.30, 9 o'clock, and, you know, my family's sitting on the couch, and we have one of those big, like, couches that you can maneuver into multiple shapes, right? So <laughs> so they always have it in shape, but I'm, I, I, I hate couches, that, and that's just, like, that's a really weird idiosyncrasy about me. I don't like sitting on couches, um, so I lay on the floor. And so I've like have my, you know, I have my heating pad just rocked on my legs the whole time. And it's just like, dude, it makes a world of difference. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, no, I, I felt great. I, he's 60 something years old yeah. and still moving tons of weight, bouncing around weight classes. It's pretty cool. Like I'd never talked to him really in real life. And then just to be thrown into like, you're sleeping here. And I was like, I talked to him for probably four hours and we got, we didn't fall asleep till after like one o'clock in the morning. Dang. And I was like, I just learned so much right now. So, yeah, you know, I never really got to actually meet him in person. And I, you're not the first person to say that like, he is, he is, he's someone different in person. I interacted with him on the team page and all that, but um, I didn't know he actually went to the Olympics and that's, that's rad. That is really cool. Because he was he's yeah, such he, a humble guy. Yeah, he was telling me a story. I think it was Pan, Pan American Championships, like back in the 70s. And the program he was on at the time was, we do the same thing every single day, six days a week. Yeah. And in competition, you do what you want to do. Hmm. So the he was a 75-kilo weightlifter at the time. And he just felt like I'm being held back. I'm being held back. I have so much more. I have so much more. He goes out into the competition. Uh, he hits, 
He was 75 kilo weightlifter. He opened at 145. Okay. He's a, he was a split cleaner. So split clean. Wow. Set up, jerked it, got the down signal. Okay. Re-racked it, jerked it again, and then put it down. <laughs> so he did a and double. They, so they gave him the lift. Okay. And then everyone was talking, and then they took the lift away from him. What? And they said, this is a clean and jerk, not a clean and jerk and jerk. Oh, man. <laughs> so then he said, okay. So he, he had him load 150 for his first double body weight clean and jerk. Okay. And then he smoked it. And then I think he said he went on for one more after that. That's funny. You, do you think that if somebody went out, like, I don't know, let's just say Nationals is going on right now, I think, or this weekend. They're starting, with the, starting with the little kids, yeah, yeah. right now. Um, and uh, do you think if somebody actually did that at Nationals, they would give it to him? If they did a double after after they already said call, put it down, you got your white lights and everything, and then you just pick it up and do it again. That would be a, a complicated one because after they give you the down signal, you're supposed to be able to just the the lift has been complete. But if you drop it behind you, they're not going to give it to you. Interesting. So you have to drop it in front, and okay. you have to guide it down to the shoulders before you release the bar. Hmm. So. There are some kind of little stipulations in there where I could see them being like, they would just think that you're being cocky and you're trying to show off for people and that this isn't, they don't want you to be a spectacle and all this kind of stuff. And wait a minute, didn't somebody do this? Uh, not recently. I thought Maddie, uh, Maddie Rogers did it once. I don't know. I'll have to pull that up. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, uh, no, I thought that, yeah, in, but I, I kind of like the move. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's an interesting move, but if you feel like you're being held back and you're really just going for one weight and you don't care what happens on those first two attempts, I guess why not? Do whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. It might have been he made his first attempt and then it was like he could do whatever he wanted after that, but yeah. it, it doesn't matter. It was 40 years ago. <laughs> this is true. This is true. I just wonder, you know, the, the outrage on Instagram, yeah. the outrage. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. The, this, the, the, uh, the error of social media has really blown things up and, and, you know, some for good, some for bad. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and, and debate that, but boy, do people like to get salty on there. Yeah. One other little funny story that he told me about is he, I think he said he was an 89 he was a 96, he was a 102, and he was trying to be a 109 all in the same year. <laughs> so, For what benefit? Did he, did he go into that, or well, was it just like because well, he could? So there, there's reasons for it. Okay. So the older weight classes and masters stuff, they're all just the best of friends. Like right. they, every time that they go to these big meets, it's just like little reunions. Okay. So – they want it's like hey if you're feeling good or if you're not feeling good they they want to jumble around weight classes so that the the people who are the best are the ones who are like normally the closest and i got to meet a lot of those um older people uh at at worlds so they're all game planning they're like hey i'm going on vacation i'm not going to i'm not going to make this weight so i'm going to be the weight class up if you want to come down a little bit cuz they're most of them are not necessarily sitting like uh, I see. At at 101, they're okay. sitting at like 98. Okay. So it's like, okay, I can drop down to 96 or I can be a 102. And that type of a thing. Right. So 
he wanted to get to that 109, and he doesn't have to be a 109. He has to be a 102.1. Okay. okay. And I think this was the year where they were doing a whole bunch of the stuff online. Yeah. And so he, he told me he was he drank 11 pounds of water <laughs> to make weight. <laughs> and it was a live weigh-in. Wow. So he's he's he said he... <laughs> he lives on the East coast and it was like snowing outside and he's standing there peeing out his door okay. while chugging water, trying to drink more water than he's losing. Oh my! And he needed, he was trying to be a one Oh nine and he goes and he gets on the scale and the camera's all set up and the scale goes one Oh one or one Oh two point one, one Oh two point three, one Oh two point two, one Oh two point Oh and stops there. And the guy goes, <laughs> All right, congratulations! You made weight, and he goes, "No, I need a, I need a couple more minutes. I just need to drink a little bit more." And he goes, "You can't go if once you make weight, yeah, go, for being like you can't drink more to be heavier." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. So you can have some more time if you need to be lighter, but not if you're trying to be heavier. Right. So he wasn't able to be that 109, but he's like, "I drank 11 pounds of water, and I still didn't get to be what I wanted to be." <laughs> That, like, that's the craziest story right there because <laughs> I don't even know what 11 pounds of water would look like in your body. Like I can visual, I can visualize what it looks like on the outside, but I'm like, how does your body consume that? And like, how, yeah. how awful would you feel? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, man, that's, that's nuts. Hey, speaking of weigh-ins, um, is it true now <clears throat> I'll be, light when i say this because it's not that big of a deal but is it true that you cannot get naked in a weigh-in i don't think you're allowed to anymore okay but you used to be um, able to right you used to be able to because i've i've had to do it i i tried to do it and i got stopped <laughs> they're like no i'm like wait i can't take off i can't take off my compression shorts they're like no and it was two men in there one of them was Joe Beck. <laughs> I, I, you know, selfishly, I'm like, he probably just didn't want to see his friend. Like, whatever, he didn't care. But, but he was just looks at me. He goes, no. And I'm like, okay, hold on, let me step off really quick. And I went in the, you know, went in the sink and I spit a bunch and then I stepped on and it just barely made it. I was like, there it is, right there. I can stepped off. <laughs> like, oh, no, I, th I think that there was something to do with like safe sport and sexual, yeah. or not harassment, but <clears throat> if someone needed to get down to weight and then uh, they they had to get all the way down to nothing or to, to be naked. Yeah. And then if, if someone didn't, if they like technically didn't make weight, then they could, I think that it's all lawyer stuff and yeah. law, law things. Like Just they could say, you. well, that, that person was looking at me inappropriately oh, while I was getting okay. down to weight. And I know that I think some of the women were freaking out about it or sorry, freaking out. They said it wasn't <laughs> fair that they have to wear two pieces of underwear to weigh in. And the men only have to wear one. Interesting. Um, I've heard that. My argument. feeling, uh, my feeling is make everyone weigh in their singlet. That's, that's if you're exactly a, if you're a bigger, say. Yeah. If you're a bigger lifter, you're going to have a bigger singlet. If you're a smaller lifter, you're going to have a smaller singlet, but everyone else is going to be kind of on the same platform there. And 
Um, you don't have to wear anything under your singlet if you don't want to. Like I don't. No. Uh, some people do. I, I mean, I do wear it. There was a singlet that I did wear some very specific compression shorts underneath because it just showed too much. It just wasn't a good singlet. It was my very first one I bought. Um, the intimidation factor. <laughs> there is always that. But when I say too much, I mean, it's like the one where you bend over and you can see right through it. Like, yeah, you know, you do that to the crowd. Yeah, okay. So we're on the same page here. All right. Sounds mm-hmm. good. Um, but uh, I, I don't wear, and I got that Adidas one. I like that. And I don't need to wear anything under that um, <clears throat> unless I have some, some bruised uh, pelvis. And then I might wear like a pad under there. But uh, yeah, that's the only time I wear anything under it is yeah. if I have to wear my snatch shorts underneath yep. it. Yep, exactly. I uh, think we're just about up on time. Dude, this has been a great one, especially for how busy we were and just like, I literally sent you the invite and you popped on and I'm like, okay, let's record. <laughs> so yeah, well, I have it. I have it down to a science now. Cause I know when you, you always send it like at eight o'clock. Yeah. 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 Like at eight o'clock. So I make sure my computer's on, my phone is on, the two are connected. <laughs> I can take my text message from my phone and open it on my computer. Listen, if there's one thing I am always, it is consistent. And that's like, <laughs> I, there's, it must have been drilled in my head as a child, or I don't know where, but it's like, I have this little voice in my head that if I don't stay consistent on something as small as sending an invite right at eight o'clock, <laughs> I go down the spiral. I'm just going to, I'm, I'm a little bit of a freak when it comes to that, but hey, there's a little insight into my brain. So... <laughs> Um, dude, great show. Uh, good weekend. And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, I'm sure we'll talk tomorrow. Cool. Cool, bud. All right. Bye. Adios.